just want to get out there somewhere? It's time to get off the grid with the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media. Thanks to OCAM 4x4 Accessories, Auto One, Distinctive Image, Outback Signs and Coldies Tow Bars and Bull Bars. Yes, good day, and welcome to the latest edition of the Red Dirt Podcast with, of course, myself and Rick O'Brien. And we talk everything, outback travel, camping, getting off the grid and all that great stuff that we all love. Now, this is like a COVID edition because, obviously, we are both based in Greater Sydney. In fact, Rick is probably more in Sydney than I am because I'm on the other side of the river and out here. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty quiet. But we are in lockdown, so that means that, you know, we can't really travel, so we've got to have to do this with Rico on the phone this week, which we've done before. Uh, Rico, happy lockdown, son. Yeah, indeed, mate. It's turning me into an alcoholic, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, no. It's very funny, you know, I, when they had some uh, lockdown issues and some, you know, a bit of a COVID scare up in the Northern Territory, I was talking to my mate Waddy up there, and as you know, down in the eastern parts of the country, there was a huge run on for the toilet paper at the uh, local supermarkets, and what he said when it was when it was announced on the radio up there, um, he did a run to the Waterloo, and by the time he came out, there were fifty cars in the lineup. <laughs> 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 the panic buying had set in. One thing he did tell me there as well was that in the territory, I think I might be wrong, but it was one or the other. But I'm pretty sure he said that the that the Waterloos that are attached to like supermarkets and the like, or might be the ones that. Oh, it might be just your celebrations or whatever, but one of the two don't open on a Sunday, which is quite amazing for the Northern Territory. Fair dinkum. It's a different way of life up there, isn't it? Oh, mate, I love it up there, mate. But I don't know whether whether it was – I can't remember which one it was, whether it was the ones that were attached to the – someone will let us know – whether it was the ones that are attached to a supermarket chain or whether it's independence. But somewhere on a Sunday, there aren't as many bottle-o's open – in the Northern Territory, which I find absolutely astounding, considering that you're only allowed to drink mid-strength up there while you're working. Yeah, and it's pretty bloody hot up there too. Yeah, it can get pretty hot up there, as you and I both know. It's beautiful there this time of year in the middle of winter. Uh, this time last year, mate, I was there. Oh, geez, yeah. mate, how good was that? And, oh, it would uh, be great to be at Litchfield right now. Oh, mate, absolutely. It'd be fantastic. Berry Springs. <laughs> Go for a run out to corroboree and have for fish. Oh, mate, it'd be absolutely Stop spot it. on. Stop it. Oh, you're, you're killing me. You'd love it. And, uh, mate, and it's, always, it's always something happening up there, you know, like they've got the Darwin Festival and Territory Day and the Mindle Markets and it's just it's just a great it's a great place. It's a great way of life and I only wish yeah. that I was there now. The Mindle Markets are an experience. That's something you've got to do and then – Duck down to the beach and watch the sunset while you're chewing on some sort of exotic food. Yeah, that's right. It's it's. it's have you done it? It's great. It's, yeah, yeah, I have. It's, yeah. it's it's spot. It's tops. You know that Mindle Beach markets, and you have. And I, when I was there last year, they were actually because of COVID, um, there weren't as many stallholders, so it was still pretty big. So I can only imagine when it's in full flight how good it is. And you mentioned the, um, you know, munching on food up there. Just the it, it is incredible the different food you can get and the stalls. Yeah, the and variety. That, is it's just amazing. Insane. Yeah, it's a great money. If you've never done it, folks, you need to get up there and experience all of that. And it was we went to this. Um, we actually did a couple of restaurants up there. We did one real flash night 
uh, on the wharf one night. But then we went to the um, this sort of all-you-could-eat seafood buffet on the beach. And I think probably even now, it, if it's still you know operating as per usual, it was the only buffet in Australia. Oh, yeah, probably right too. Mm, it's good up there. Yeah, I love it up there, mate. Even without a buffet, it's good up there. I love it, mate. It's God's country. It makes me sad. Uh, and just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by, of course, our friends at Auto One, as well as Ocam 4x4 Accessories and, and of course, Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, just on the Blue Lagoon Beach Resort too, Rico. Had a few people inquiring about our weekend that we had to suspend. I think last time we did this podcast, we were all set for a great weekend there at Blue Lagoon, mate. Um, yeah, false start. False start. We had to uh, – the COVID thing was bubbling along here in Sydney, which meant we, we, we pulled the right rain, mate, because actually on the day, I think that's when lock, lockdown began, it was 6 o'clock on the Saturday, which would have been an absolute nightmare. For us, we would have had people everywhere and, um, and, and the like, the entertainment lined up and everything all happening. So we made the right decision. The good, the good news is on that, Rico, is that a lot of people who were booked there, and we still popped up there for a couple of reasons. One, I had to go and uh, have a meeting with Blue Lagoon in regards to where to from here. And then, obviously, there were still a few people who decided to camp anyway, so it was good to go up and just say good day and explain to them what was happening. But the good news is, mate, there are plenty of people who booked haven't asked for refunds. They just asked for, a, you know, to be booked in on the new date. How good's that? Yeah, it's going to be a ripper, mate. It's such a, a great location, and we were blessed with near perfect weather that weekend as well. So it's a real shame it didn't go ahead. But when it does come around again, I'm sure it'll be just as good. Yeah, absolutely, mate. That is for sure. It, um, I think, uh, it, it, and look, we'll, we definitely will get to it. Uh, look, it's no good picking a date now until we know what's happening with no. restrictions and the like. And the thing that worries me about all this, and we're not the COVID podcast, but the thing that worries me is when they say what the road will road like the look the terms they come up with what the road <laughs> what the road map will look like on the other side of lockdown. Yeah, oh, no, it's just ridiculous. Uh, I think. Look, at the end of the day, I think you know it's it, look. It's a very contagious, you know, virus. Yeah, sure, we know that. Um, and look, it's, you know, I've got to be mindful. There's vaccinations on. Some people um, are, are in two minds. Some people are running in to get it. Some people are a bit worried about it. At the end of the day, no matter what it is and what it all is, I think people have, have had a gutful of hearing about it, to be honest. But it is yeah, I mean, it's part of our have. life. Yeah, I certainly have, mate. And I've had a gutful of what it does to, you know, ordinary folks trying to make a living and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Oh, mate, uh, certainly. I know our man Vic Woodman now, mate, there. He's, yeah. it's, cost, it's cost him dearly. It's cost all the pubs in Sydney and the restaurants and the cafes and the like and the shops that employ the young people on the weekend. It's just and, – and I, and I think it's just so much now in our faces. I think from the right, right from the very beginning, the messages have been inconsistent. You can go here, but it's okay to not go there. You can – social distance at the airport and do all these things and then sit right next to a stranger on a plane. It is just, I don't understand it, it, the whole thing, and I guess no one knows which is what's causing that. But anyway, like I said, we're not the COVID podcast uh, here, but you know, it has an effect on us. It has an effect on, look at you and me today. We're not together doing this. You, you've, yeah, you've, that's right, mate. You, yeah, you've suspended filming at the moment yep. because of it, and it's, uh, it, it, is, it does have an effect, and it has an effect on all our 
bottom lines as well. But anyway, in the meantime, mate, we want to talk about a couple of things this week. We want to talk about iconic roads and we want to talk about, uh, touch on some of those huts down in the high country. I'm sure if there's anyone down there travelling this time of year, they'd certainly be looking for shelter. Yeah, too right, mate. I've seen some pretty epic photos coming out of uh, the high country with the snowfall and, you know, the sort of stuff that happens at this time of year. And it really is an experience to go down there and drive around that place in the snow. It's uh, it's something pretty special, that's for sure. And you can't do it anywhere else in the country. So if you ever get the opportunity, make sure you get down there and, and have a crack at it. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And, and I've got to say to you, without pissing in your pocket, there's only a couple of people I know who... A very, oh, look, I'm sure look, when I say I know, I know there's hundreds or probably thousands of people that are that are this, but I'm talking about people that I know. You, you Vic Woodman, a bloke named Big Al, Alan Williams, the the pig, very yeah, no- big Al. yeah, the very, very, very knowledgeable when it comes to the high country, the story behind the huts, the history of the huts, the whole region. Um, you're you're up there with, you know, your knowledge of this area and the history of this area uh, is very, very good. And it's great that you've been now through Australia Rediscover with Rico, not only sharing, um, you know, history and stories all over Australia, but you, you are, you, you did do some stuff on the huts. Yeah, we did. Our first episode was on a few of the huts and we told some of the stories behind them and, and looked at some of the characters that, that built them and lived in them and, and worked in the area and, uh, next season, I want to go back and do another episode on the same sort of thing on a, on a bunch of different huts. There's, there's so many down there, and they're all unique. Uh, every time you go to one, it's an experience. I just absolutely love it. And the stories behind them are just compelling as well. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And and the high country itself is one of those must-do you know, locations. It's like, in me, it's in the same – for me, it's in the same bag as, you know, Cape York, you know. Um, the Simpson. Yeah, 100%, you know. And you've yeah, got, and the high country, they're the big three, I reckon. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, and then to, mate, you know, they, oh, you've also got places like Arnhem Land and the Gibb River Road, the Kimberleys, but they yep. you, they are the big three, the Simpson, the, the Cape and the high country, and then to a lesser degree, you've got the Flinders Ranges and, mate, the good thing yeah, about Fraser it, Island. Well, mate, yeah, I mean, hello. I mean, we are just blessed, with, blessed for choice, aren't we? Yeah, and the high country is probably one of the most accessible at the lot as well. Um, they have mm. a few road closures around winter, which makes sense when you get down there and see what the weather's like. But if you get down there after the October long weekend when everything opens up again, you're spoiled for choice with track. It's, it's so unlike New South Wales and a lot of places in Queensland where stuff's gated and tracks are closed off and whole parks and areas are closed off. The majority of it's open. You, you could spend literally months down there and not travel the same track twice. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and obviously made more popular by movies like The Man from Snowy River and the like and people want to go down and see Craig's Hut, which in fact was a TV set and burnt down and was rebuilt. It was never really yeah. one of the original huts that were actually used by, you know, people in the past, you know, for shelter and the like. Uh, but no, still, right. well, the hut that- the hut that stands there today for Craig's hut's actually the fourth incarnation, so it's been burnt down quite a few times and rebuilt. Mm, it's incredible, um, there's a passionate, passionate bunch of blokes here and there in the, the Victorian High Country Huts Association that, that get around and, and do the upkeep on these things and keep them open and rebuild them when they get burnt down. And like I said, so many great stories. Uh, another cracker that you've got to visit when you go down there is one called Fry's Hut, built by a bloke called Fred Fry, and he actually built half a dozen huts in the area. Um, and when you get there and see the amount of work that he did by hand, harvesting the wood, splitting it by hand, dragging these logs up onto the roof with his horse, it blows your mind. Yeah, incredible, mate. It, it really is. Are you a fan of camping in the snow, Rico? 
Mate, I've done it once. That'll do me. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. It's funny how you talk oh. to blokes like Graham Kay who actually enjoy it. Oh, uh, mate, I, I'm a sook in the cold. I'm the worst I've ever met on. <laughs> I'm the princess fairy amongst princess fairies when it comes to camping in the cold. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I've got to, I, I, I'll never forget probably the coldest night I spent camped, and it was only an overnight camp. We were on our way. It was early in the piece on a big trip to Ayers Rock, and we, we'd gone up into Queensland, and we camped um, at a place called Mitchell, just out of oh west of St George, sort of thing. To you yep. know, and there's a weir there and, and like a free campground. And we camped, and I know there's a lot colder places than Mitchell in, in Queensland, but I've got to tell you, I woke up about I don't know five o'clock in the morning in the camper trailer, so it was in a soft floor, you know, canvas wall and roof, you know, tent. And mate, I was like, my feet were just numb. It was absolutely freezing and it was like everything inside was wet and yeah one oh. of the coldest nights i had was up that region too in the granite belt of queensland which is the only place in queensland that gets snow mm. and uh and we we're up there and i had my my old swag on the ground without a ground sheet under or anything like that and the Oof. cold coming up through the ground was just bone achingly brutal oh mate I'll tell you what, you appreciate the fire. You just can't get the fire going again quick enough, can you, when you get up in the morning? No, that's and right. Stand around it and you're turning around and you're oh, doing somersaults over the thing. Uh, it is yeah, incredible. Well, that, was the, that was the trip that inspired me to upgrade to a stretcher and throw the swag up <laughs> on the stretcher to get up yeah. off the ground. It makes such a difference. Yeah, exactly right, mate. And, uh, it's, and that's why plenty of people do do that. Although there are plenty of people I know who don't mind just throwing the swag out on the ground. It's all right if you're in... You know, the, I don't mind it either. I mean, I've geez, I've camped with you. I think we went out one one camp yep. one night, and I just threw the swag on the ground. It doesn't worry me. But it's, it's all right in the warmer months, and it's certainly all right if you're up the top end or out up in the territory somewhere where it's a bit warmer. Yeah, I've got plenty of mates that have got just the old, real basic swag without the poles. It's essentially just a bedroll. Mm, yep. And they'll use that in winter in the high country and around the Alps, and yep. You know, that sort of area, and it doesn't bother him. Yeah, I've got a mate of mine does that and goes fishing and sleeps on his tinny. Same thing. Just jumps yep, in the yep. thing like a sleeping bag, really, and just goes to sleep. I think probably the beers and rums he has before he does that probably will <laughs> help. But, 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 but anyway, Benny Fowler, I know you're not listening. But, uh, yeah, he's one of those blokes. He's just, you know, the old school, just yep. the old school bedroll swag type swag and just rolls her out and hops in it and goes to sleep. But, but like I say, he, he does have some help in that area. With what he's consumed um, <laughs> in liquid before he does that, but mate, yeah, no, I think it's a good thing, and it's that time of year when people, you know, who are if there are people down exploring in the high country, they're into the huts, and and like I said, if people want to see that episode, obviously just go to your YouTube channel, Australia Rediscover with Rico, and have a look at that. Uh, it is very, very interesting, and in the story on those huts and and how they come about and and what you know what function they you know play today. Um, I think it's it's a great story and part of our history, but and continues to be part of life for the for people down there. Yeah, that's right. If if you jump on YouTube, just look for the icon that says "Bloody Murder." Mm. So I know it's about huts, but we also touch on a murder mystery that's still unsolved down there. So I won't give it away. Go and check that out. It's a, it's a pretty cool story, and we had a ton of fun putting that together. And we had a few big nights at the Dargo Hotel as well. Yeah. <laughs> just quietly. Yes, I know. I do know that, <laughs> and I'm sure the people down there. Um, the people down there uh, were probably glad that you 
you are gone. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, check that out, folks. If you are uh, into your high country travel or you want to know a bit more about it, uh, you need to have a look at this. It's an A-grade presentation. Rick, Australia Rediscovered with Ricko. Jump on the channel and have a look at that bloody murder episode. And it is the first episode. There are another four behind it right, as, right now as we speak. So you yep. can uh, actually binge watch it while you're in lockdown if it's you. Although not everyone's yeah, in lockdown, so jump on there and have a look. And as we say, you certainly won't be disappointed there. As we know, our um, listeners out there know that uh, I spend a lot of time at Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, as does Rico now. And we had a great weekend up there not long ago, and a couple of Rico's mates. It was good to see them. And, of course, the best in the business, Sean Walker. It is located right on the shores of Shelley Beach on the New South Wales Central Coast. So be sure to check it out. Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, creating holidays since the 1960s, nestled behind natural bushland as well, right on the beach. It is certainly a great spot. It's one of those parks where you pull up, you get out, and you feel like you're on holiday straight away. Huge range of different cabins to choose from, including absolute beachfront. I was in a studio and was bagged for that. Family cabins as well as garden cabins, all perfectly positioned, um, in a, in a great environment there. Fantastic caravan and camper sites, uh, camper trailer and tent sites as well. There's accommodation there for every budget. Enjoy the outdoor heated pool, which I don't think we did, or have done in the past, though, and the spa. Yeah, that didn't that look great? It's, oh, unbelievable. There was no one in it. And, of course, the spa complex, all there at on location there at Blue Lagoon Beach Resort. Go to the website, check it out for yourself, bluelagoonbeachresort.com.au and book your next stay. You can be a getaway, that romantic weekend, Rico and his mates, or you could <laughs> even stay a bit longer. Give them a call, 02-433-2447 or just check out bluelagoonbeachresort.com.au. It's more than a caravan park, Rico, and I knew you enjoyed it. And, you, and you, you blokes look really settled in when I saw when I got there. Oh, we were very comfortable, mate. I want to give them a shout-out for their uh, amenities. Uh, they are among some of the best equipped and cleanest facilities I've ever come across in a caravan park. They were A-grade. Yes, it is. It's, it's, they do a great job there. They certainly know what they're doing. Jody and the team there at Blue Lagoon um, do a fantastic job and um, and really look after you. And, and look, you blokes, I, I still can't get over those torches. How good were those torches <laughs> that you, you blokes had? Unbelievable. The the yeah, Nebos. The Nebos are, they are pretty special. Listen, if you want a torch, folks, and we all like camp lighting and torches and they're all part of what we do, you need to check them out. The Nebo lighting. What's it called? Just Nebo, N-E-B-O. N-E-B-O, mate. Yeah, that's all it is. Uh, and they got some absolute crackers in the range. And it's quite a big range, actually. Everything from something the size of your thumb mm. that'll fair dinkum near light up a footy field to, uh, to the big 6K and 12K handheld units that, there's like a pair of spotties on the front of your truck. They're yeah, just amazing. Yeah, incredible, mate. And also the little knickknacks, like with the little, you know, camp knife slash saw with a light on it and things like that. Yep. Smart thinking, very intelligent. So uh, very, very good. So check that out. Just Google Nebo lighting or Nebo torches. And you'll see what we're talking about. And I'll tell you now, it'll be the last torch you ever buy. They are absolutely... And they're very affordable too. They're, they're not the big bucks that you would expect for something with that sort of performance. Mm, yeah, incredible, it's, mate. It's pretty impressive. Absolutely. And just a reminder, too, that we are also brought to you by Auto One. So get on to Auto One. They are your local parts store, owned and operated by people who know what they're doing, very personalised service. And, of course, when you go into Auto One, 
The person behind the counter knows exactly what you're looking for and you'll find nine times out of ten they're either a mechanic or have a fair bit of mechanical knowledge and uh, and they're a great store and like we say, very, very personal. I know my local Auto One at North Richmond is an absolute cracking store. We use that frequently here. And uh, so if you are looking for bits, looking for to do your own oil changes, need parts, anything you need, jump onto the website and get into your local Auto One. They certainly look after Rico and uh, they'll look after you as well. So check that out. Now, Rico, we want to talk about iconic roads. Um, geez, there's some to choose from. This could take a while. Mate, when I started touring four-wheel driving, I was four-wheel driving for a long time before that, doing the rock crawling and all the crazy stuff you do as a young bloke. And then I then I grew up and woke up to myself and realised that there was so much more to it. Um, I put together a bucket list, and, and the top few things on my bucket list were the uh, the iconic outback highways and roads that, that you read about all the time in the magazines, your Birdsville track, the Udnadatta track, the Streetlake, Egan, Barrel Highway, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I thought we'd um, we'd have a bit of a yarn about some of those, and we'll find out you know, where we have been and, and what's still on our bucket list, because I've still got plenty on mine. Well, I've got the Gibb River Road on mine. Same, yeah. That's right at the top of my list at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you on that, mate, because I haven't done the Gibb River Road, and uh, I would. Lo- I just think it's it. It's a bit like you know when you first do the Cape and you get to that sign and you think I made it. Yep. You achieve something, even if you do half the telly track and take the development road, the corrugations, the environment, the the rawness. You know, it's 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 hard country up there, but you get yeah. this sense of achievement. When you get to that sign, you know that, that absolutely. I, and I think the Gibb River Road would be the same. I'm, I imagine it would be as well because it's not, um, you know, a lot of these roads, like for argument's sake, the Birdsville Track, um, it's not particularly difficult. You know, it's essentially a straight road. It's a dirt road. Yeah, if it's been raining, it can be a bit of a challenge, um, and sometimes it's fairly corrugated. But at the end of the day, you could really do it in two wheel drive the majority of the time. You couldn't say the same with the Gibb River Road. Mm. Um, you know, you're a lot more isolated. It's a much longer track, and it's a lot rougher and a lot tougher. So you do need to be very well prepared and well versed on, you know, maintaining your vehicle, knowing what to look for on your daily checks and things like that. It, it's um, it's something that, you know, as adventurers, we all all aspire to go and tackle the Gibb River Road. I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And when you say those daily checks, I mean, you could imagine how many CV joints have been done on the. Give River Road, the corrugations. And, and look, at the yeah. end of the day, it all comes down to your speed and your tyre pressure, and you can do it. It's not the sort of road that you want to rush. You can't rush it because if you do rush it, no. you're, going to end up, you're going to end up destroying your vehicle. You. Yeah, it'll bite you yeah, for sure. it'll bite you big time. Yeah, so it's one of those roads you treat with a fair bit of respect, and, and you need the time to take it all in and look at those offshoots and those places that are around the Gibb River Road. And like you say, it's certainly on the top of our bucket list. You mentioned the Birdsville track. Again, what was his name, old mate? Jack Absalom did it in a Sigma. He used to do that yeah, TV that's show. Right. He, Jack he, yeah, he, he did it in a Sigma. That's right, yeah. Sigma wagon, got his tyre pressures right. Yep, little brown Sigma wagon. He'd yeah. go up there and <laughs> stop in the dams and grab some yabbies and then do some paintings and yeah. go to the pub and have a lemon squash and on he, off you go. Yeah. Yeah, oh, oh, I love those shows. That was oh, great. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they're some of the pioneers of this business and what we get into here. And uh, yep. but like you say, when you mention a two-wheel driver, I'm, I'm tipping there are plenty of vehicles on that Birdsville track every day of the week that are a two-wheel drive. At the end of the day, though, uh, the Birdsville track is certainly 
one that I think everybody wants to tick off. Um, and, of course, you've got Mungarani right in the middle of all that, which is always Oh, you've sport. got to stop off and stop uh, have a drink with Phil at the Mungarani Hotel. He's a character and a half. Yeah, for sure, mate. Absolutely. There's a little track that I've taken from the Birdsville track up in the Birdsville end, uh, Walker's Crossing over to Winnemucca. Walker's Crossing over to Winnemucca, done that? No, I haven't. Uh, every time I've been there, it's been closed. Well, mate, it doesn't take a lot of water to make that to, to close that track. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the time that we went over it, uh, we had to divert off it so many times with little detours uh, because of the water. And um, but, mate, let me tell you now that is that is a spectacular track uh, and a great way to get from Birdsville to Inaminka at Walkers Crossing. You go through all these old, like, well, not old, these current like mine sites and the like which is a bit like what is it area 51 or whatever it's called <laughs> it's a bit, bit we did strange but um i've got to tell you the time that we went across and i had a mate of mine with me rob a young bloke with me and then a mate of mine rob rob coldy we call him rob coldy because he works at coldy's and we come across there it was very funny it was as rough as a lot of water around rico and 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 the like and mate all of a sudden there were these two blokes in this white audi coming the other way and they'd had an enormous challenge ahead of them because we'd been in four-wheel drive and everything and I said, <laughs> I just didn't know, no idea how they got out there, what they were doing there. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do in a two-wheel drive, isn't it? Yeah, well, mate, it's amazing what you trip over out in the outback too in the middle of nowhere <laughs> as well. I mean, and these blokes didn't look like they were, they certainly didn't look like they were outback travellers. Look, they looked like they'd just come straight out of the city. And they were in this flash sports car, and I thought, mate, what the hell are you doing out here? But anyway, uh, uh, yeah. in the middle of nowhere. But uh, yeah, Walker's Crossing, which is a which is a great um, little track for anyone that wants to head from Birdsville down to out to Inaminka, and then and then from there on down the Streslecky and head towards in your, into some corner country. What other tracks, mate? Are you thinking here? Mate, the Streslecky is a ripper. I really enjoyed that. There's a couple of good stops on the way there. You've got Mount Disappointment, which is definitely worth a look. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name of the bore. I think it's the uh, – I can't remember. It starts with C. But there's a bore there with a dam, and at one end of the dam, the water's piping hot. The other end, it's freezing cold. Yeah. So it's a great spot for a bit of a swim there. Um, and, yeah, we went from Corner Country down to Lindhurst, which is where it finished, and got a great schnitzel at the pub there. Another cracker is the Udna Data Track. Uh, plenty to look at along the Udna Data Track. Um, the Gun Barrel Highway is another one. I've, I've done that one. I – I don't know that I'd be in a hurry to do it again. There wasn't a whole lot to see apart from a few of the, the special Lynn Vidal markers, yep. which were cool. Um, oh, Jesus, so many, though, isn't there? Oh, absolutely, mate. And, and uh, you mentioned, like, you know, down the stretch, Lackey, and kind of come into Cameron's Corner. The track along the dog fence is good, too, you know, into Tipper Yeah, that's a ripper. And if you take it, uh, like, if you get to Broken Hill and then take a bit of a left, You'll actually follow the dog fence for quite a long way, uh, mm. and it's just a magic spot for that perfect photo of the fence, the red dirt, and your four-wheel drive. Oh. Just a cracking way to get up into corner country. We love it, mate. We don't, don't we? We certainly do love it. So that's a great part of the of the country right there. And and the dog. It's funny, you know, because people you talk to who aren't, you know, as familiar with this sort of lifestyle and these things as we are, and others that we know, they ask why. What what is the dog fence? You, you, and, you, and you you sort of look at them and say, "What you've never heard of it?" But they just yep. don't understand that there is this huge long fence that is there um, to control dogs. Yeah, it's also Dingoes. called the rabbit fence sometimes. Mm. Um, 
It was built in the 1800s. It took them five years to build it, and it is the longest man-made structure on Earth at over 5,000 kilometres long. Is that right? That is true. Should have got them to build the wall for Donald Trump, mate. <laughs> that's right. Hey, eh? <laughs> so that's pretty impressive. That is impressive, and um, and I mean, even like when you, uh, you know, you know, when you're around Cameron's Corner, you had to go open the gate, go through, close the gate, same as when you cross into Hungerford there um, on the um, on the Dowling track from Burke, from North Burke, yep. and a great run through there as well, mate. Yeah, been up through there again. Stunning country. It's it's hard to go wrong once you sort of get out into that red dirt and the outback stuff. It's it's pretty specky. But I'll tell you what, what's the, the main things that are left on my list are in WA. It's sort of my yes, yeah. my last great untouched part of the country. I've done a fair bit down in the southwestern corner mm. and I've just scratched the surface up around Kununurra and sort of just on the other side of the border there from the Northern Territory. But the Kimberley and, and all of that sort of area and Broome and Tom Price, all that great sort of area there. I haven't been through any of that. So that's all on my bucket list at the moment. Well, my WA, I mean... There's just a, an abundance of fishing, beach driving, four-wheel driving, station stays, tracks, locations. It is so – I mean, it's half the size of the country. It's I everything mean, I love. <laughs> and, yeah, and like you say, uh, mate, I've been over there. I haven't done any exploring whatsoever. Uh, and, look, to be honest with you, Rico, you could go over there and just spend – Months on end, I know Ronnie Dahl sp- spends, you know, his whole life travelling WA, and yeah, and, and why produce, produces something new every week. It's just incredible. Yep, yeah, Karajini National Park is uh, is another one that's right up near the top of my list. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of driving to be had in there. There's a lot of walking, but uh, from what I've seen from some friends over there, so Joe Clues, who um, is a, a famous camp oven cook, she sent through some pictures of of her visits there, and it just looks like like a painting. You just can't describe it. It looks indescribably beautiful, so I need to go and see that. Yeah, absolutely. We've certainly got some it's – it's a funny – I mean, you've travelled, um, you know, a lot. I have. You've probably travelled more than me, especially with your line of work that you've done, you know, in you know, your past efforts with television programs and the like, which has obviously, you know, taken you to, to many parts of the country. It's a fact you can pull a campsite off the top of your head or, or a track <laughs> and things like that, but – at the end of the day, between the two of us, we've done a lot of travelling, and there it is. We've 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 got so much more to go and do, really, and see. Oh, for sure. And, you know, a lot of people talk about overseas travel and that sort of thing, and, you know, it's it's never been my bag. I've never been overseas, and I have absolutely no desire to do so because there's too much here to see. I want to see it all here first. Yeah, I'm with you, mate, and I'm the same. I haven't been overseas either. If you count going over to Morton Island or Fraser... I've uh, been to Tassie. Does that count? Well, mate, I guess, I mean, yeah, well, probably does, does it? <laughs> but I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. I have no interest. And look, it's, it's horses for courses. I mean, there are people who want to go and experience life in other countries and cultures and the like. Yeah, good luck to you. Not that you're doing any of that at the moment. But uh, for yep. me, for me, mate, it's always just been about Australia and that draw, you know, that whatever it is that draws, you know, myself to the bush and to the outback and... I mean, I could sit, and I've done it, you know, sit on the veranda at the Walkabout Creek pub for a week and watch road trains go by and just, you know, look at those sunsets that are mirrored by, you know, the sunrise the following day. It's For me, it's just, you know, pull off and drive a couple of k's off the Stewart Highway into the Territory and camp the night. I, I, yeah, for absolutely. me, I mean, I, I, that is me. I, I, that, 
And I'm sorry, but I, if if I had a choice of go to Hawaii or go and camp, you know, off the Stewart Island and the Territory, I'll take the Territory every day of the week. You're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, mate. I've got no interest in overseas. That might change in another 20 years or so when I've seen a fair bit more of the country. But, uh, but until then, I'm happy to keep exploring here. Well, mate, if I'm here in 20 years, it'll be one of the great miracles of science. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, but I'm with you, mate. I am. And it's funny, you know, there are a few people like us and then there are others who love both. Try to, And, I mean, at the end of the day, for the most average people, I mean, it all comes down to annual leave and how much fuel you can stick in your fuel tank. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, it's, that's right. So, you know, and obviously people get, you know, the... Most people get we're we're very very lucky to do what we do where we get the opportunity to to travel and do it for work. Um, where other you know a lot of people aren't in that position and then that's the majority where they have their four weeks off a year and um, sometimes that that trip could be just two weeks somewhere. Yeah, that's right. We are very fortunate, mate, and uh, and every day I count my lucky stars that this is what we get to do for a quid, mm. and and for all the places that have been fortunate enough to go and experience, uh, just looking forward to doing a whole lot more of it. Yeah, well, in the same token too, mate, for us to do what we do, there were some sacrifices along the way, mate, so it's it's not as... <laughs> oh, look, if, if that was all we did, it wouldn't it be magic, but uh, oh yeah, it doesn't take away from the fact that we're still outrageously fortunate, like you say. So, mate, when you think about the, the, the roads and the iconic roads that you have done, um, mate, what would be your favourite now, if you were to pick That's one? Such a, it's such a hard question to answer. Um, the Unidata track's always cool because there is a bunch of stuff to see along the way. You've got the old garn that runs up through there. Mm. You've got a bunch of, um, you know, farm stay, station stay, some iconic outback pubs. It's pretty hard to go wrong. And then some quirky things like, uh, you know, the sculptures up there with the aeroplanes and other bits and pieces. Mm. So it's hard to go past. Um, I really enjoyed the Stress Lakey as well. Um, climbing up Mount Disappointment was fantastic. The Colorina Bore, that was the name of the other place. Yeah. That was fantastic. Um, oh, geez. Telegraph Track, another corker. Don't know if you'd call it a highway, but no. had, a heap, had a ton of fun up there. How many times have you done the Cape? Uh, I think I've done it three times now. Mm. Well, it is just one of those places. It's funny, um, myself and the young bloke running talking here a couple of nights ago saying, look, you know, we would start planning another trip back up there. Um, yep. I just think it's just, it doesn't matter uh, how many times you go, there's always something unfinished up there, isn't there? Look, even if there's not, there's, uh, it's still any excuse to go back to a good one. I really love the Frenchman's track. That was a heap of fun. Mm. But, yeah, there's still... So, so much that I haven't seen. I haven't even been to Weepy yet. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah. I, I actually, to be honest, that surprises me. Yeah. yeah. I remember being in Weeper for the young bloke's 16th birthday. We were in Weeper. And, I mean, it's a different town. I've got to tell you, there's the, the, the crossings up there, when you, you talk about railway crossings, up there they have crossings in Weeper with those big dump trucks in, for the mines. And yep, I, and I I've think, been to Sasha and Bamaga and all those, but, but yep. no, never across to Weeper for some reason. Mate, Weeper is, is certainly... A different way of life, and uh, mate, certainly worth a look. And the thing with Weeper is, I think the town is basically held, is propped up or owned even by Rio Tinto. Um, yeah, well, that would surprise me. And everybody works. Everybody, I mean, yep. everyone works. Whether it's you've got a job with a stick with a bit of steel at the end of it, with a spike picking up rubbish along the road, everyone works, and everyone's earning good money. There's a bit of money up there, and um, yep. and it's. It's a great place. If you love your fishing, 
sensational. The sunset on the beach up there is is magnificent. Uh, great caravan park campground up in Weeper, and uh, like we say again, big croc wise, it's, it's it is up there. There are big lizards with teeth up there, but it's certainly <laughs> it's certainly worth the. Uh, that surprises me you haven't been to Weeper, but mate, yeah, definitely worth a look, mate. And uh, like we say, you get yourself one of those charter boats up there. If you're into your fishing, mate, you, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, we did one out of Sasha that took us up to Horn Island and we went and checked out the War Museum there, which was absolutely first class, and then mm. across to Thursday Island mm. um, where we had lunch at the top pub and there's the northernmost pub in Australia, so I was happy to tick that one off the list. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, how good are the War Museums? Oh, mate, I, I am a sucker for a museum these days. Mm. I, you just can't keep me out of them. I mate. drive everyone who travels with me nuts. Adelaide River, Northern Territory. You've got to check it out there. The the uh, the the war the war memorial there is just something else. Yeah, the it's, one in the one in Darwin's pretty specky as well. That's, yeah, I've been uh, in it's there. very interactive. Lots of great stuff. Yeah, the one there is that one. That one I'm talking about there. You pull up and uh, mate, it's 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 a surreal feeling just going in there. It's uh, they tell me they get about four or five thousand people there on Anzac Day for the service. Yeah. It's just incredible. And I'm hoping to get up that way later in the year for filming for season two. I want to do a few uh, war stories where World War Two touched Australia. Well, mate, um, to go a lot to of, a lot to of people, that. yeah, a lot of people still don't realise the impact that it had here in Australia. Um, bombed forty so, yeah. times. People yeah. think people think that it was just an air raid and bombed, and they went. Mate, they caught the hammering. Don't don't give it away, mate. I want to mm. tell the story. Well, I think most people should know that. I, I think the thing that amazed me about that, that, I got a lot out of that when I was up in the top end last year, that you can't go anywhere without being reminded of the um, of, of World War Two. And the thing that, that that struck a chord for me was that when it happened and when all the drama was happening up there, there was a decision made by the, um, the federal government not to tell the rest of Australia. So no one else knew what was going on there. Yeah. That's uh, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, because they didn't want everybody to panic. So, I mean, obviously, if you are going to tell that story, I'm sure um, you, you'll uh, dig into all of that. And uh, yeah, and, mate, and being a bit of a history buff as you are, mate, I'm telling you now, you're, you're going to um, get so much out of that. Once you dig oh, in. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I did a radio show from the War Memorial in Darwin. And, uh, yep. mate, and just looking around and talking to our old mate, I can't remember his name now, that ran that. He was the most knowledgeable bloke when it came to Australian war history that I've ever spoken to in my life. And he was, so he was a veteran, great. but this bloke was a veteran. He runs the uh, the memorial, and, mate, what a bloke. He's a bloke I'll introduce you to. Yeah, so many great stories. Like, uh, even locally for us, you know, we were nowhere near where it all happened, but mm. the Putty Road exists because it was built as a backway from Sydney to Newcastle to, to keep away from the coastline. So, you know, the Army could get supplies to and from without being bombed by the, the Japanese. Talking about iconic roads, I'm a huge fan of the putty. Considering yep. I'm only a few k's off it too, but I, I've driven yeah. that. <laughs> I've driven that road. Oh, jeez, I'd, I'd love a dollar every time I have. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, good road, the putty. I use it all the time. But yeah, that's right. It's amazing the things that people don't know, which I think's the value of your program um, because it not only does it remind people of these stories. But it's also educating people that haven't heard the stories and the fact that these days and for a while now in schools, the kids aren't taught these stories. Well, mate, I just hope it inspires people to get out there and have a bit of a look and go and experience it for mm. themselves. And then, and then when they do get there, they'll have a, a greater appreciation and a better understanding of 
you know, perhaps why something exists or, or mm. the stories behind what's there and, uh, you know, just, just makes it more fun in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Did you go into the oil tunnels and that in Darwin? No, no, I didn't do no, that you one. You need to do that and they were built during the war and, and it's, it's it's amazing now when you the, – the, the runways along the – you know, up in the Northern Territory, especially along the side of the highway where they were – you know, the Americans were taking off in planes and the like, that are now rest stops. And you're pulling up on the tarmac, but they've been converted to rest stops and, you know, and there's sculptures of planes and the like. And they've done a great job of preserving the history up there, mate. It's, and it's everywhere. And um, the minute you get up there and you, basically from the Darley Waters pub north, it's just everywhere. The evidence and, 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 and the way they've preserved that memory of everything is just amazing. That um, Adelaide River Memorial, mate, you've got to check that out. The, the stories that are there that you can, you know, and there's video presentations and the like and the stories of the people from the Northern Territory and in particular Darwin, um, it's just, it really takes you back. The story of the, you know, the young girl who was killed going to visit her dad at work who was, the, you know, the postmaster at the post office in Darwin and it was bombed, yep. you know. Just you think about what, you know, how life is today these people made real sacrifices. It's just incredible. You, I would import any. You would not stop there. You would not drive past there, and and take that in and spend a day. You know, in that region, spend a few hours at that at that uh, cemetery and memorial and look around. It's certainly it'd be un-Australian to drive by there. You've, it is incredible, mate. And uh, but if you're going to do a, 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 some episodes on that, mate, it'll be. That'll be that'll be uh, appointment viewing, mate. To be you'd have to watch that. Yeah, I have been into that memorial and the graveyard there, and it is uh, it's very moving, very yeah. very moving. Yeah, I was the only one there when I went. I was the only person there. So I, yeah, I, I think we were the only people there when we got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah incredible, mate. Like I sat there and watched the pre- the video presentation, and you know the good thing about it is that no thought or no ever attempt, I wouldn't think, of it being vandalised. The respect is just. There and you know you see and it's obviously all well maintained, and you sit yep. there and you watch the presentation. Then I walked through the walkway, if you like. I read a couple of the stories along the pathway, but then walked into the cemetery, and I was by myself, and it was like you could feel it. You could just feel it in the air. That that you know that history. It's it's hard to explain, mate. You've got to do it. You've done it. You know what I'm talking about. And yeah, it is hard to explain. It is hard to explain. It is. It's very, very moving. It's, it, it, it sort of takes you back a bit, and you just stand there and think, "God, what about this?" You know, and you and you start thinking about these people, who, who you know existed many, many years ago, and it's it's just. Um, I think everyone, if you go up that way, it's worth. I mean, hence the fact they get, you know, four or five thousand there for Anzac Day service. It certainly, it would be an experience just on its own. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, and they're, they're, that experience that you talk about, the, the indescribable feeling, you get that in a whole bunch of different places as well. That's that's what makes travel around Australia just so special. Well, that's right, because there's history, and, and we don't have a long history, but it's a rich history. It's not, you know, we're only, you know, just over a couple of hundred years old here. You know, you know, I'm, when I say that, I mean, you know, from the time we were settled, you know, back in the day, but... Um, even when you look beyond that and look at the Indigenous history, there's a stack of that, 
going back thousands of years. But then when you look at what, you know, since Australia was settled, um, the although it's not long, it's everywhere. And you and you, you trip over it when you travel. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's easy to, to drive past some pretty special places as well. So, mm. you know, do your research before you head out. That's, that's my advice. Well, that's your job too, Rico. All right, yeah, mate. that's right. Well, all good. So, mate, we'll, uh, mate, that's um, a, a bit of a chat today about a couple of things, but it's always good talking about this stuff. It makes you want to get out there, doesn't it? Mate, I've actually just pulled up some photos of my trip to Darwin now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at them as we talk. Yeah, why not, mate? And uh, some great people that listen to this podcast, depending on when you listen to it, there's some great news coming your way in regards to Rico's program. Can't wait to do that. In the meantime, though, you need to jump onto that uh, YouTube channel, Australia Rediscover with Rico. Subscribe to that. Check it out. Follow it on Facebook as well. You can also follow us on Facebook, The Duck at The Duck Adventures, or just type in The Duck, so what we get up to. And you can also... Well, they can check out your merchandise. Check out the merchandise, bluecollarmedia.com.au. Jump on the website. We've got the Uluru range out, Rico. Beanies. We've got hoodies, T-shirts, stubby holders. Blue singlets, always popular, mate. Yeah, I love the blue singlets. You've got to love that. And, of course, this podcast is brought to you by Blue Lagoon Beach Resort Auto One and as well as OCAM 4x4 accessories. So if you're looking for some quality 4x4 accessories for your four-wheel drive to set you up for the sort of travel that Rico and I are talking about, well, look no further than OCAM. They'll certainly look after you with a huge range of quality products and accessories that won't break the bank. They stock a whole range of protection products as well. Over a 1,000 products there, including for that protection, bull bars, nudge bars, bash plates, steps and rails, the whole deal. Check out the towing mirrors. They certainly are very well priced when you look at the competitors and uh, they do they get the job done. If you're towing a big van or even a small one, the towing mirrors eliminate those blind spots even when you're not towing. So check out the OCAM towing mirrors. Whatever you need for your tray back, your jewel, jewel cab, your, your wagon, or even your tray, you know, your tray back, whatever it is for the trade, for the camp, whatever it is, check out OCAM 4x4. Check out that website, OCAM 4x4 accessories, and it's basically uh, OCAM 4x4, or okamindustries.com.au, they'll check you out there. Reminder too, if you are looking uh, to sleep out and get that stretcher, as well as, you know, sleep in a swag, get on to Darchie, they look after Rico as well, so get on to Darchie, check out their range there, they are the best you can get, and um, Rico can attest to that, he spent many a night in a Darchie um, swag, and I've got to say to you, Rico, when you were at Blue Lagoon last week, that setup, that awning set up with those walls is the best I've ever seen. And, of course, that was uh, another quality product from Darcy. Yeah, it turns into a party house, doesn't it? There's plenty of room Incredible. in Incredible. Just incredible. And if you want and to know... it doesn't where... take much to set up either, so I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's a, that was the other thing too. If you want to know what we're talking about, folks, jump on Rico's Facebook page because he did post a photo of the setup and check out the awning with the walls. Just amazing it was just a full wraparound, basically, and uh, a great setup. So check out some of the quality products there. And, of course, if you are servicing your four-wheel drive this weekend, check out your local Auto One store. They will look after you, and that's who look after us and certainly do look after Rico as well. Rico, you're a good man, mate. We'll do this again next week, eh? Look forward to it, bloke. Hopefully we're out of lockdown. Yes, exactly right. There he is. That is Rick O'Brien, and it's always a lot more fun when he's here with me in the studio. But because of Sydney lockdown, he's at home, and so am I. But uh, but anyway, just a reminder to you folks to catch up on anything we do. 
you can uh, get in touch with us on our website, bluecollarmedia.com.au. Catch up on some podcasts there as well. All the Red Dirt podcasts are listed there as well as the Camping and Off-Road Radio Show. Check us both out on Facebook. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel, Australia Rediscovered with Rico, and you certainly uh, can catch up there. Five episodes there now. So if you are one of the many people that are in lockdown, well, why not just binge in front of the computer? Most TVs these days, including mine, have a YouTube button. So get on there and uh, and watch what is a fantastic program. Like I said, some exciting news coming your way in regards to that. And we have some exciting news as well with a project that we're uh, finalising here. And we can't wait to tell you about that on the radio and, of course, on this podcast. A big thank you to Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, the best park on the Central Coast, right on the beach. They sponsor this program as well as Auto One, Darchi, uh, Ocam 4x4 Accessories, and, of course, Oscar. We certainly do appreciate the support there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with another edition of the Red Dirt Podcast. Hopefully, we'll be out of lockdown and together. Uh, hopefully, we'll do that next week. In the meantime, travel safe if you're out there, and we'll talk to you next week. See you then.